This is the CFL Fitcast, and I'm your host, B Bird. And I'm B Bougie. And we're here to bring fitness to you in a whole new way. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to CFL Fitcast. Uh, I am B-Bird, and we are back rebranded, and we'll go a little bit over that later on. Uh, but Jamie, we have a guest on today that I'm pretty excited about. I know. I'm so excited, too, ever since you told me. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny uh, how I stumbled upon our guest today is mainly through social media and being a creeper, I guess you could say. Um, but I, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always out there. Uh, looking for people in the fitness industry and realize that our uh, guest, Cody Smith, is actually right in our, our backyard here in Washington. So, Cody, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, you guys? Uh, super humbled to be on the show. Uh, David here reached out to me, I don't know, what, probably a month or so ago now and uh, introduced himself to me, told me about the show here and then invited me on. Um, do you want me to go kind of like into my story or... I mean, yeah, let's let's dive right into it. So this is going to be a pretty informal episode compared to some of the other ones we had. We're just going to chit chat a little bit and learn, uh, see what we can learn from each other. So go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I actually spent some time in the military as well. I was in the uh, the Navy for altogether eight years. I spent two of it in active duty, and then I drilled for as an active reservist for another handful of years. And uh, funny, I actually got pushed out of the Navy thought my world was all over. You know, I wanted to stay in. I was part of this very special contract back then called the National Call to Service. I don't know if you guys are familiar with yeah. it at all. But, yep. uh, at the time, I was supposed to be allowed to stay active. And, you know, I was a, I'd like to think I was a squared away sailor and I did the things that I needed <laughs> to do. And, you know, push come to shove. I, I did a, a bunch of things that I needed to do to try to stay in. And, you know, Navy was like, nope, you got to get out of here. So hit the uh, civilian world with no plan whatsoever. Uh, did some time doing government or uh, working for a uh, landscaping company. I was like laying sod and, and, you know, building flower beds and all that kind of stuff for a summer. And I was like, oh, this stinks. So then I got a job as a as working for a moving company. That didn't go any better. And then I uh, found myself as a government contractor. It turned out, you know, my mom actually was pretty good friends with uh, another guy. He worked for Raytheon and ended up getting me an interview, got hired on doing the exact same thing for Raytheon that I did in the uh, Navy. And, you know, I sat in this chair for 12 hours doing like counter drug radar operations. And uh, it was mind numbing. And I was like, super unhappy. Th during that same time, I was uh, an aspiring mixed martial artist, I was having a lot of success as an amateur, uh, also having marital issues, ended up going through a, a pretty crazy divorce, you know, new presidency, new president came in, I ended up losing my job. I mean, there was all these things kind of you know, falling on me all at once. And on top of that, I was starting a gym with uh, a buddy that I worked government contracting with named Garrett. And, you know, we're just sitting uh, on watch one night and him and I had just recently stumbled into this, this whole CrossFit thing. And back mm -hmm. then, before there was CrossFit games, before there was Reebok or, or Noble and all this back stuff. Back when was like, CrossFit wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was us, a website and YouTube, Chuck Taylors and really loud Blink-182. And Awesome. You know, we're, That's we're what I'm getting, talking about. For sure, for sure. We're getting after it. And one day he looks at me and, he, and, and you know, I kind of looked at him. He knew I was fighting and I had a pretty good relationship with the, the gym owner of where I uh, was doing my MMA training. And he was like, hey, man, you know, what if we coach people? And I was like, 
we should start a gym, you know, and, and, you know, the conversation build and we kind of eventually came to a head to where like, we, we really decided to pursue it. And then fast forward a few years, we were running a CrossFit gym in the second story of a martial arts studio. And, you know, when you're doing CrossFit, you've got bumper plates, you're, you're throwing the barbell over your head, you're dropping it. And you're the worst neighbors to be upstairs. The worst. We <laughs> I mean, were coming through the the floor, and there's barbells coming through the floor. There's a changing room under us, and, and you know, people who are new to the martial arts studio had no idea what was going on. We're blasting music. It was crazy. And then eventually, we, you know, we kept this thing growing. Parents were really getting interested. We started, you know, we did the whole website thing. People started getting into it, and then we actually ended up moving into an old Harley Davidson, uh, uh, I guess what is it like a store or something like that? Yeah. Kind of like a warehouse slash store, right? Yeah. The, the front, they, they used to sell bikes and in the back, they did all the work in it. Well, the martial arts studio took the, the front area where all the displays used to be. And we ended up in the, the service shop because they had a garage door and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we spent some time there. And then eventually I met a girl. And what happens when you meet a girl, you move to Washington. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we moved out here a handful of years ago. I ended up selling my gym to one of my coaches there and she ran it for a handful of years. She ended up moving, I believe overseas. I think she's in like Italy or something like that now, but she sold off her gym as well. So that is no longer a thing, but I found myself working out and, and you, and I believe you said you're, you're, you're living in Port Orchard. I found yeah. myself also living in Port Orchard, working out in my garage. We actually used to, uh, and I, well, I guess I can tell you about that after uh, when we're not recording, but anyways, I'm like working out of my garage. I've got some gear left over from when we had moved from Virginia. And I, I, I was kind of going to this, this phase where like, I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. I, I, I wasn't yet the entrepreneur that, that I am now. I, I hadn't, you know, rose to that yet. And I just knew that I had this dream of like running a big gym again and to, I, I just couldn't see myself working for somebody. And, uh, you know, my wife kind of gave me that talk one day. We're like, Hey, you, you got to do something. You don't have a job and you're just working at this gym in Silverdale and you're coaching a couple of days, a, a couple of nights a week, you know, with the, the, the flame at my feet and, and a lot of things really <laughs> falling into place. I ended up making good friends with some gymnasts who were coming to like my 9:30 class that I ran out in Silverdale at this gym. And they actually said like, they had kind of heard my story, heard that I was looking for a place to open up a facility. And they said, you know, the owner of our gymnastics studio wants to put a CrossFit gym inside. And I was like, I've got a CrossFit gym. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of weird how the, how the world kind of lined up. And I ended up opening inside of there and, you know, fast forward a, a couple hundred books and seminars and, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in seminars and coaching later, you know, I, we have moved from facility to facility to facility. And, uh, you know, I came to the area, not having a gym, being a nobody to, you know, I mean, how you heard about me to being one of the gyms that everybody knows about, even sometimes when they don't even go there. And yeah. uh, I, I like to hang my hat on that and, and, and be very excited that we were able to build something so cool. And now I'm kind of stepping into this role where, I'm not necessarily in the trenches coaching as much every day, but now I'm coaching my coaches, which in turn has meant that I've ended up now mentoring other coaches who don't even live around me and helping gym owners to, to grow their gym as well and podcasting and content and all these different things. And, uh, you know, so things <clears throat> so fast nowadays, it, it kind of just makes my, my head spin off my shoulders, but it, it's been a, a great experience and uh, one that you know, I'm glad now to just be able to share, you know, just my silly story and to be able to help people to really maybe miss some of the pitfalls that I kind of stumbled into along the way. And yeah. 
I always like to equate it to time traveling, right? Like if, you know, if I've made 20 mistakes and I can help somebody from making those same 20 mistakes, whether it's fitness, nutrition, business, you know, podcasting, anything, then, uh, you know, I can essentially help them time travel. And, you know, I I guess I'll just start walking around and telling people that, you know, I help other people time travel. It's a thing. (laughs) There you go. It's yeah. where you are. No, it's so cool that you build up those those uh, those other coaches because now you're building everybody up as strong as you are, you know, sure. and that's awesome. awesome. Um, your family, I, I mean, obviously, I've noticed just looking through your social media and stuff that family plays a big role into, you know, your life and your, your journey, not only as a fitness uh, enthusiast or a gym owner, but they're a part of the whole thing. So tell me a little how your family incorporates into all of this. Uh, we can, we can start by how I really messed it up in the beginning, just like any, like, you know, entrepreneur that's on the, the war path and we're chasing dreams and, and making money and, and making impact and, you know, changing people's lives. When you're chasing that, sometimes you forget the things that are necessary are, I guess you could say the most important thing. And I spent a lot of times on things like, you know, Hey, I want to make more money and I want to help more people so that I can give a good life to my family. But then I found myself like in periods of time where I should be focusing on my family, still focusing, focusing on my stuff. So, you know, early on in the, in the beginning of building things, I fully neglected, you know, my kids, I neglected my wife and, uh, you know, essentially kind of got to this place where I ended up listening and getting into this, this, this thing called uh, wake up warrior. And through listening to some of their content and reading this book and uh, the book's called the warrior book. And, and once I read that, I started to realize like, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, at the same time I was stuck in a, in a certain point in my business. And I was like, you know, this book is essentially saying that unless I get my personal life together, I'm actually never going to be able to grow in my business. And, and, you know, they teach a lot about these things called the four pillars. So your body, mm-hmm. your being, your balance, and then your business. And in that order, your body, obviously you need to take care of yourself, your physical health, your nutrition, the way that you, you know, your sleep patterns, your stress management, all those things. And then your being is like your, your mindset, right? The, the way that you educate and and develop your, your mental side of what you do. And then obviously the spiritual side kind of plays into that as well. Then balance is your relationships with self, others, family, all these different things. And then your business, right? So as I started to focus on all those pillars, I found that I was really lopsided in a bunch of different categories. So I started to focus a lot on, you know, dating my wife again, paying attention to my kids and not just like, hey, dad's working. Dad's got a podcast to do, you know, yeah. um, and, and I'll fully be transparent. Do I have it perfect all the time? No. You know, I, I, now <laughs> I don't I think any of us do. Right. I, I really think of it now as there's there's seasons. Right. There's sometimes where I go really hard in my business and, you know, I'll go have a conversation with my wife and be like, hey, there's this, you know, like right now I'm working on a course to where I'm going to roll out a certification. Well, if I, I've got to record content for that. I've got to promote it eventually. So there's going to be a lot of like, you know, head in the sand and I'm going. And then, uh, you know, but because I know that that is coming up and I've had that conversation with my wife and that season is coming, I'm going to take the time right now to go out on my boat to, you know, I, I did absolutely no work today other than this podcast, you know, like it, there's certain times where I'm going to really let off the gas and there's other times where I'm really going to hammer it down. And because I'm, I've been very, I guess you could say, I, I've been trying to communicate as much as I can with, you know, my family about what I've got going on and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and stuff like that. It goes over a lot better when they know like, Hey, dad's doing this right now, but he'll, you know, be, you know, tagging back in at a later time. 
if that makes so sense. I have yeah. a question, yeah. and sorry, Bloomberg, <clears throat> if you had one. But no, 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 you're I, good. I want to know, because so many of us deal with being out of whack, right? The, the Our pillars are always out of whack with work or whatever it may be. What was your very first step to align under those pillars? Good question. Um, you know, I went through this thing called the fact map, which was pretty cool. And essentially what it does is it asks you a bunch of questions through your body, your being, your balance. I actually do it every uh, nine, every 90 days now. But, and I've kind of made iterations, you know, of what I do with like my mentor clients and stuff now as well. But for the most part, I went through and started to look at all the things about what is working and what's not working. Right. So it was like, you know, things for your body. Like, do you go see the chiropractor? Have you had a regular physical do, do your dental work? Like, all, I mean, just simple things like that. But when I got into like the spiritual side and my relationship, like what's the facts of the, you know, the, um, the energy in your relationship. And I'm like, well, I mean, we're good. And then I was like, wait a second. I don't know that I like that. So as I went through of like all these, what's working, what's not working things and all the categories, I just jumped on the first thing that was the most glaring weakness. And uh, for me, it was like, I didn't sleep, right? That was the biggest thing. I was always having brain fog and grumpy and moody and things like that, which obviously put a stress on my relationship. My wife and I had had a, you know, our first child, we weren't going out on dates. I wasn't giving her time, right? Um, so when I realized that it was like, I'm going to focus on her and just focusing on taking care of me a little bit better. And you know, once we started going out on dates, I mean, just simple things like planning a date for us to go out, you know, finding a babysitter, not listening to that story of, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to take my wife out because babysitters are expensive or I'm going to be tired. What well, that doesn't matter, because if that relationship's not good, then no other relationship in, in my life is going to be OK. So when I started to really recognize that my wife is part of this, you know, part of a, a huge piece of the puzzle instead of somebody keeping me from making the puzzle it, to use a really terrible analogy. I don't, that just kind of, <laughs> no, uh, it makes sense. But, you know, she was like this very big piece of the puzzle of what I was trying to build versus like a deterrent. Most people look at their spouse and their kids and all the outside things as like deterrence to what they're trying to build or what they're trying to do. But it's like, no, like they're, they're part of it. You know, they're the yeah. reason for it. And uh, I guess you could say that the biggest thing I did was I started to focus on my relationship with my wife, starting to, to really recognize that I wasn't showing up in a way that uh, I needed to. And then uh, started focusing on how do I take care of myself better? And I, I obsess over this one, this one single question. I talk about it all the time. I will always ask myself, who do I need to become? Right? I'll look at the thing that I, that I want to be, Right, the thing that I, the things that I want to have, the things that I want to do, and then I have to really take a look at who do I need to become to have those things, and then I just start checking off. Right, it's funny about you know, a week or two ago, my wife was reading horoscopes. Like we're not really into that sort of thing, but she's going yeah. through and she's reading, and she looks at uh, the I'm a Virgo, right? So she looks at Virgo, and it's like takes a simple uh, a systematic approach to every step of their life. <laughs> and I'm like. Dude, she's like, oh, she's like your, your to-do list, your checklist, all the things that you do, the way that you're, because I mean, we have this thing called a marriage meeting every Sunday where I just oh, sit down awesome. and I look at her and I'm like, what do you need from me this week? And I just listen. And then she's like, okay, what do you need from me? And I'm like, I need this. I've got this going on, blah, blah, blah. And we go back and forth. And then the question is always like, how, how do we do this week? You know, physically, mentally, communication, like how do we do in those things? And we talk openly about them. But for me, that's like that simple systematic approach. Give me the thing to check off for you so that I can be better. Uh, and I guess when I, once I started focusing on her and asking those sort of questions, uh, things really started to change. And I want to share one more 
Um, one more really cool tactic that I hope your listeners and especially married listeners can get something out of. Uh, I call it the start, keep, stop method. This is something I used before we started doing marriage meeting. But I'll ask, you know, my oldest son, I'll ask him now. I'll ask my my team, the people on my team who you know, like are essentially running my businesses when I'm not there. I ask them, what is one thing I can start doing? What's one thing I can keep doing? And what's one thing I can stop doing? Right. And a, and a cool story that I'll share with you, one that, you know, really cemented the fact that I'll use this all the time is I asked my son one time, you know, what's one thing I can start? What's one thing I can keep? What's one thing I can stop? And there, there's this thing that I do to where I send out two text messages every single day. You know, my, my son goes and seizes my, uh, you know, sees his mom, my ex-wife who lives in Virginia still. He goes and visits her during the summer. So he's one of those text messages every day. I send out these really long, thought-out text messages to him, how I love him, how I'm so proud of him, how I appreciate when he does this and that. And he's a good big brother and all these things. And he never responded to me. Never. He never responds. Love you too, dad. And I'm like, <laughs> 30 minutes writing that, that, that text message to you. And then one time I asked him this start, keep, stop thing. And um, when he said the keep one, he said, you can keep sending those text messages. And we're just riding uh, the car and I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> crying like that. Your moment. Yeah. But the thing was, is like, I had no idea that he actually had enjoyed those messages and I was going to stop. Cause I'm like, this isn't doing oh, anything. Wow. But That's when crazy. he started like, keep sending those text messages, I like it. I was like, all right, cool, man. So that, that little cool thing is something that I've added in, but uh, to answer your question 10 minutes later, I do apologize. Is oh, uh, good. I, to really focus on my relationship with my wife and realize <laughs> it was a big part of what I was trying to trying to build and trying to be. And uh, then I had to focus on me as well. Sometimes we'll neglect ourselves in the process too. And that's never good either. Yeah. Oh man. It's so crazy to think about that. You know, uh, I have two kids myself. They're both younger, but you forget that, you know, they may not be replying to those things that we do the way we hope they would. Right. Uh, and it's the same for people you work with, you know, they may not be, re you know, responding to you the way that you need them to. So you feel like they're paying attention, but it's crazy just to think about how much is really received by somebody, um, you know, on a daily basis. And we just don't even realize it till we take it for granted or we think about stopping or changing. So that's, that's an interesting point yeah, uh, that I'm, you made. I actually, I was like, wow, you were going to stop doing that. And he actually liked it, but it had you not asked him, you know, how many times do we, do we just make that decision to stop because we think they're not interested or whatever? Absolutely. You know, and if I could tie back into that whole systematic approach thing, I, I think if more people would do that, right? Like, well, especially as an entrepreneur or as a fitness coach or, or really anything, we're like, okay, we want to, we want to achieve X. Right. When it's like, OK, cool. What are the inputs that we need to get X? Right. We'll do that for all sorts of stuff. But why not do it in our relationships, too? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, one, and this kind of shook my world one day. My wife was like, why don't you why don't you treat our family and our relationship the same way you treat our business or your business? And I was so like, sure. Hmm. OK, so like now we got core values. We have a vision. We, uh, you know, we have these different things that we do. We have meetings as a family. You know, me, her and I have meetings. Right. And it's because I'm now like, I'm, I'm going to treat this like a business. And sometimes I'll do stuff to her or I'll say things to her. And she's like, stop marketing to me. Like, not gonna play me. But I'm like, yeah, you know, you, you told me to do it. So here I am. It's only going to make our relationship better. I'm just playing the game, right? I'm taking, I'm doing what I do, but I'm doing it in my relationships as well. Uh, and, you know, go figure the business explodes. My coaching explodes. I try, I'm a better person because of it. You know, yeah. all things really, you know, those pillars really tie together and it, 
it never ceases to amaze me every time I like take another step within a relationship with a family member or a friend through doing these sorts of things, how much it like affects my business in a positive way, or it affects my coaching in a positive way, or maybe mm -hmm. it helps me to coach a client who's going through some things that I just figured out, right? Uh, all these things kind of are intertwined and tie together. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that. So I know you said that you're taking a step back now from the coaching role or, you know, being in the trenches and you're taking more of that mentorship role, teaching the other coaches. So what are some of the ways that you are incorporating those skills that you've learned? Some of them the hard way, some of them, you know, just through pushing through um, and, and trying new things. But what are some of the things that you do uh, to help your coaches be more effective? I think, I think for coaches in general, they need to have a strong they need to have a strong entanglement with like why they're doing it. Right. Like, mo like a lot of people get into coaching because they think they're going to be some millionaire. Or they think that they're going to affect a million people. And it's like, you're not actually, you're going to touch a couple hundred, maybe and, yeah. and like you coach other coaches who coach a hundred people. Like then I guess you're indirectly helping them as well. But with all of my coaches, I always start off with like, why are you doing this? Like, what's the reason why? Because if you yeah. understand why, it, yeah, we all hear, find your why. I, I don't think there's one single why. I think you, everybody has 20, 30, 40 different reasons why they do something. But if you can figure out why, then you can tie it, in, tie it into your bigger purpose, right? So when you, when you have a purpose of why you're getting into the things you do and you tie all the reasons why you're doing it together, from a coaching perspective, it helps you to really go through all the crap that you're going to deal with, all the time your clients you know, I'm going to say clients let you down, right? I'm not saying like, you know, clients are inadvertently trying to let person down, but like sometimes they won't do what you ask them to do. Right. So yeah. every time you're going through and racking your brain about like, man, am I a bad coach? How can I help them on a deeper level? You have to have a strong reasoning as to why you're doing it. And then from there, then we can start, you know, really dying into the dialing into like the more practical side of things like the nutrition and the, you know, the program design and coaching on the floor and, you know, you know, speaking to people, through, you know, different communication methods to really affect somebody mm -hmm. to transform their body and stuff like that. But ultimately, it always starts with that coach having a strong reason why they're doing something, having this extreme awareness over themselves. And then we learn all of the other, you know, tactics, if you will, after that. Um, I, I really push all of my coaches to view themselves in a light that they are a leader. And, you know, so they need to personal develop themselves. They need to be one chapter ahead of all of our clients in everything we do all the time. So really pushing them in a positive way to like develop yourself. I, I believe a person's purpose in life, no matter how you look at it, everybody's trying to expand. Everybody's yeah. trying to do more, be more, accomplish more, affect more people, right? That's always what we're trying to do. So because I know we're trying to do that and we're trying to expand, why not be systematic about it? Why not read books? Why not listen to podcasts? Why not keep this white belt mentality all the time, right? Strong reason why you're doing something, have your purpose attached to that, learn some tactics, and then always develop and expand all the time, right? That's really how I, I, I push anybody in any you know sort of realm. But in extreme awareness of self first is where everybody should start all the time. So do you like write your why down somewhere? I mean, cause I'm just, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, okay, as we are, we are recruiters, it, but we do this all the time. We are, why did you join? What are you planning to do? And we're doing this for other people, but in terms of myself, I'm like, uh, you know, forget about what my why is. And so, <laughs> you know, it's so easy. 
you know, is there something that you do specifically for yourself to remember your why or, or that sort of stuff? Uh, my, my whys are changing all the time. Like I said, right? Like my, my, my why actually just recently changed from, you know, being, you know, focused on, you know, I, I, my why is like, I'm grow my business for to provide for my family. Well, my, my family, we're, we've got everything financially that we can need and we don't have any one, we don't go without, you know? So now it's like, well, my new why is, well, how do I take what I've done and, and, and what I build to help things outside of my gym, right? So like, you know, I'm looking to work with nonprofits and different charities and stuff now, but it's because now I want to get external. So you can really, you know, for me, my why has changed. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really think that sitting down and asking yourself a simple question, you know, what do I do every day, right? Write all those things down, right? And then ask, why do you do it? Hmm. A lot of times it's just deep thinking, deep thought, sitting in a quiet place. Every single morning I get up before everybody in my house every day and I spend time alone, which, you know, you know, David, you're a dad, right? Like it's it, yep. kind of hard sometimes, right? I, I mentioned before we jumped on the show, my kids are going to run in here like a wrecking ball in a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got the window open in my house. You'll hear him just, ah, he's just he's a nutcase, right? But um, I have to get up and get myself right first. So I try to find alone time. Uh, I, I do a lot of uh, like developing my mental game through journaling. Uh, I write questions down. I, a lot of times I always look at like what I'm doing, the types of things I do day to day. And then I'll just ask, why do I do them? Right. Mm -hmm. There's a reason in there, but a lot of times don't, people don't give enough thought to it. Uh, mm -hmm. I self-analyze every single morning. My, my wives can change weekly sometimes. Right. Uh, my, my bigger purpose is constant expansion. I, 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 I told my wife one time, you know, when this whole COVID thing started and the, 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 the gym was in this place of like, dude, what's going to happen to us? You know, like for me, like I, I, I do, I do a ton of online stuff. Like I'm going to be fine, but it was the community, the coaches, yeah. like what am I going to do to provide for them? And I was scared, right? Like I, I had only been trajectory up the entire time. And I'd gotten to this place where COVID leveled me out. And my wife was like, we're good. What are you freaking out about? And I, and I just kind of sat quiet for a second. And I was like, I'm like a shark, man. Like I got to keep swimming. Like, <laughs> ago, like I, I have to. And if I stop swimming, I'm going <clears> to <throat> suffocate. I kept telling people, I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm suffocating. And it was because I couldn't expand. So I know my purpose is expansion in every single part of my life and grabbing as many people as I can along the way. I do it through coaching. I do it through doing a podcast with somebody, my own podcast. I'd like to write a book one day and just talk about my crazy way of I, uh, the way that I approach and look at things. But um, to answer your question, I just think that analyzing yourself every day, writing down things that you do, and then looking at why you do them is really a, a simplistic a way to, to really kind of figure that out. And a lot of times, you know, you can just simply write down like things that make you happy what types of things do you do that make you happy? And then why do you do them? And just start really looking at that. And you have to think. And sometimes you'll look at them and you'll be like, hmm, I don't know why I do that. And then I would yeah. be, well, why do you do it? You know, that, that's kind of the place that I would go after that. So I'm not sure if that really answers your question. There's not like one way. No, it's good. I just daily self-analysis for me is, is how I figure those things out. Yeah, love it. So, so you mentioned um, during COVID, you kind of you realize that you know I'm upward mobility expansion all the time. So when you weren't expanding and you were kind of in that flatline zone, what did you learn about yourself during that period? Um, 
That's a really good question. And I, and I actually just was on an interview last week where they asked me the same question. I learned how to be a better leader. I really learned what I was, what I was made of. Right. So I tell this story about, you know, I, I was reading some stuff a number of years ago and there was this, this very particular chapter that I was reading where they were talking about being a wartime general versus a peacetime general. Now, a peacetime general is a person that is in a leadership position that leads when things are easy. Every decision you make is right. Every decision you make doesn't affect very many people. And it's easy. It's, things come very, very simple and everything you do is effective, right? You, you just can't, you can't fail, right? But then something like COVID comes along and it's time for you to turn into a wartime general. Well, you're either a good wartime general, you're either willing to step into that role during wartime or crumble, and uh, or you know you you essentially fail, right? So when COVID hit, I really had to analyze and, and test myself. Like, am I able to do and say the things you know? Like, and I'll tell you a story about you know what happened to me during that period of time. But I, I really had to step into this place where like, am I made of what I say I'm made of? Right? Am I actually able to turn into a wartime general? And um, you know, truth be told, during COVID, I was a mess, man. I, I, my, I have you know several hundred people that expect me to take care of them, that expect me to give them a, a, a place of a place of safety and a, and a place for them to expand too. And I now can't help you, and I have to figure out a new way to do that and to provide for you and to show up for you. And it, I didn't have the answers at first. Usually answers, peacetime general answers, just, <coughs> right? But wartime general, it's not, you're, you're now making new pathways. You're now blazing, you're blazing frontiers you've never been on before. Like I, I've never turned into, I, I, I do online coaching, but I've never done everything virtual before. I, I've always relied on my in-person interaction with people. Yeah. I've never attracted or marketed solely to people virtual without getting to talk to them. If I get and talk to somebody, I'll talk them into joining into the gym and get them out of their way in two seconds. But if I got to do it through an email or through a video, it's so much different. So yes. uh, I had to learn a lot. Of, and you guys probably see this for recruiting. Sometimes you just get somebody on the phone. Like, how do you get somebody out of their way when you can't read their body language? You can't look at their, 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 their facial expressions and what they're giving you. Like that's not there. So I, I had to essentially figure out all these new things out and, <clears throat> Um, you know, during COVID, I fell off my morning routine. I stopped training. I was mad at my kids all the time because they were home. I was just annoyed in general, right? I, I, I was I was drowning. And I, I really had to step back and be like, okay, peacetime general, wartime general, which one are you? Who do you need to become? Right? That question popped back up. Who do you need to become? I wrote it down one day and I was like, okay, who do I need to become to kind of come out of this? Well, I got to be a wartime general. Um I completely took a giant crap on my, my morning routine, my personal development, having meetings with my team, you know, trying to take my wife in a house. Like, how do you do that with three kids running around? <laughs> right? So I had to really sit down and say, how was I, you know, what are the types of things that keep me sane, that keep me in control and keep me successful? Well, morning routine, reading and studying for an hour every day making sure that I'm having, uh, you know, fruitful conversations with people every day, engaging with clients every day. Well, how am I going to do that? And, you know, then the tactical side started coming, but I had to really analyze, like, what are the things that I would normally do in person and how can I pivot, if you will, and how can I adapt to what's going on right now? And through that time, like I, I would say this past year, I went from, you know, being a eh, leader to like somebody who is like, give me the ball. 
I'm going to score. Like, you know, That's awesome. we, got, we got five seconds on the clock and nobody else wants to take the shot. Give me the ball. We're going to score. And, and I actually wrote a post about that one day. It's like, everybody's talking about, you know, I, I had so many conversations and I, I won't get political on the podcast because uh, I don't want to rub anybody wrong, but <laughs> I had a lot of conversations with people who would say to me that I wouldn't want to be an elected official or a leader right now. And in my mind, I'm like, real leaders would never say that. A real leader would be like, give me the ball. I want the ball. Michael Jordan, give me the ball. Kobe Bryant, give me the ball. Tom Brady, give me the ball. I want the ball so I can take us to this next place. And I, I would say like this past year, now it's like hard conversation. Come sit in my office. Cool. Hey, you've got a client that's pissed off about something. Get him in a call with me. Let's We're good. Do it. Hey, somebody's not, you know, performing to par. You're fired. You can't work here. You know, and it was just because like now it's like leaders are going to make swift and, and, and very fast you know, well thought out decisions. And um, sometimes you don't have months to think about things. Sometimes you're going to make decisions that are going to piss people off, but you have to be okay. And because, you know, to what Jamie said, she asked me like, you know, how do I know my wives and stuff like that? Because I'm so self-aware because I have this complete understanding of myself that when a person feels a certain way about me, I don't care because I know who I am. I know how I show up for people. And, and, and now it's kind of weird because if, if somebody has something going on mentally, because I had this crazy awareness of myself, I can just walk through it in a second and help them to figure it out because I understand it. I, when somebody's telling me a story about something, I almost always can immediately know what's really going on. It's like this weird, like I, I did this thing the other day where it was like, what's your superpower? And I was like, I can read people's minds, <laughs> but it, <laughs> uh, and I really feel true in that because I had this awareness of myself. So, um, I think COVID taught me to be a better leader. COVID gave me more opportunity to be very self-aware and it, it, it really, um, it helped me to develop extreme certainty in who I am and how I show up for people. Um, because I had to make decisions that pissed people off. People weren't happy with some things. People second guess me, but as we, <clears throat> time is rolled out, turns out yeah. I made okay decisions. And as many gyms in our area that, and you know, this David, Jamie, yeah. you might in your area as well too. A lot of gyms closed. A lot of businesses yeah. suffered and just they're gone because they, make it. they didn't step into wartime general. And, and you know, I, I really believe that, you know, if you don't have resources, you need to get resourceful, period. How is that mentality now that things start to open up, especially over here? And, and Jamie, I don't know, you know, over there where you're at in Louisiana, how things have been. But for us here, it's been a very slow transition into the different phases um how has that impacted your community at virtuous and how has it changed the mindset of the the people who call virtuous home you know it's because it's not just a gym you know what you've created is a is a community of people that are going to band together and stick through things like covid um to make it work so how has that changed from what you've seen in your perspective obviously uh, the way people at the gym there have, have changed and reacted to that. People, people first and foremost learned a lot about what our team is about and what we stand for, right? We, we have core values. We have mantras. We have, you know, when people ask me like, what's culture, like, how do you build culture? Like culture in a statement is this is how we do it here. Right. So people yeah. really started to understand, like, this is how we do it at Virtuous. Right. At Virtuous, we got each other's backs. Right. When we had a woman that had just 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 a cool story. I want to share with you guys really quick in reference to this question. But we had a woman that had just joined our gym a week before COVID hit. Her husband was underway. Right. He was gone. He, he actually just got back a month ago. 
right? So he was gone for almost a year and she was by herself with three kids and, um, you know, coming to our virtual workout at five 30 in the morning with people she had never met before who just took her out, took her in under that. We would sit and drink coffee after our workouts on our zoom calls and hang out and stuff like that. She, She actually just recently told us, she was like, you guys are the reason that I didn't fall into massive depression because you guys took me in. We had um, one of a, one of our other members who heard about this woman joining our gym and the trouble she was having. They started going and taking her toys, you know, cooking meals and taking over. They had never met this woman before. And then once COVID let up and, you know, we were able to come back to the gym and these people started to meet each other. It was like they had never not known. It was a weird, it was just crazy to think like, we just work out together, guys. Like, why, why are you so yeah. family? That is awesome. But I would say, our community through COVID grew stronger. You know, every, every place you go, every business, they, they have like a core group of clients. They have a core group of customers, if you will. Podcasts have a, a core group of listeners all the time. I would say our core three, two to three times, two to three X during that time to where like now our core is tight and they're never leaving, right? You, awesome. you, always, you always say as a business person, you want a thousand raving fans, right? You want people that or down for whatever you do, they'll buy whatever you want. You know, they're, they're just all about you. And, you know, I don't use that sort of influence for any negative way. Like I'm not trying to, you know, foo-foo sell anybody on anything, but I did want to make a place that didn't feel like a gym. It felt like a family, right? And now when people come in, that you, you can go read reviews and Google and Yelp and our Facebook page. That's all people say about us. To me, that's like this gym will go for at, forever and ever without me being in there every day now because we have built something that is sustainable and and, um, repeatable. And I would just say that like COVID, if anything, cemented the fact that Virtuous is here to stay. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. And we, you know, we will stand the test of time forever because of that. Right. So COVID made us stronger to answer your question. That's so cool. Uh, How did you come up with the name Virtuous? If you don't mind Uh, me asking. (laughs) I don't know if there's a story behind it, but you know, you know, it was just like, there's got to be something there with virtuous. Like there's got to be something that, uh, that kind of ties into why it was named that. Sure. So we, we used to be called cross <clears throat> seven cities, right? I'm from the seven cities area of Virginia. That's where I opened my gym. That's where my affiliation was purchased through, you know, CrossFit HQ. Now it's like thousands of dollars for you to switch your name in CrossFit. And there was a lot of things, you know, before, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like what happened in CrossFit a handful of months ago, where oh, like, yeah just exploded and stuff like that but with all those things going on i had already like my wheels were already turning in the fact that like our our gym was called crossfit seven cities forever that did not describe who we are in washington we're not crossfit seven cities anymore we're not crossfit by itself anymore right our the way that we give training is not high intensity you know uh, high, what is the definition? They say it's high intensity functional movement executed at high intensity. Yeah. We don't do that only anymore. CrossFit is not who we are. It is a small, it is the screwdriver in our toolbox. It is not the toolbox. Awesome. So when I started to realize that, I was like, <clears throat> seven cities doesn't describe our culture. It doesn't say how we do things here. People can't say I am, you know, like you can't throw any sort of branding to CrossFit seven cities. Our hashtag now is we are virtuous, right? During COVID, it was, we stand with virtuous, right? Like those are things, those are branding tools that we were able to create because of what the name meant to people. So, you know, we had essentially looked at CrossFit seven cities and I was like, that doesn't describe who we are. It doesn't describe what we do. It doesn't describe how you feel when you walk in the door. 
what do we need to do to change it? So I was really, I kind of, I was like, um, I was in, what is it? Uh, words that mean synonyms. Is that a synonym? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like on all the different synonym.com websites looking for <laughs> things like number one, words that weren't taken, but words that spoke to what I wanted to essentially establish, which is high moral fabric or fabric, respectful, loyal. Um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, very, um, what's the word for like unselfish, um, very sacrificial for each other. Like I, I looked for like all these words that, you know, what, what had very powerful one word um, things that you could say that would, you know, describe that. And I, I was looking at vitality. I was looking at vigor. Uh, and then ultimately I looked at virtuous and I was like, Hmm, I like that. I'm going to go with virtuous because virtuous describes who our members are, what our members do, why we do it and how you feel when you walk in our gym with just that one word. And, and it's funny because a lot of people had kind of caught wind that I was going to change the name. They're like, what are you doing? You know, change, don't change anything. The world yeah. Explode. Uh, yeah. yeah. They heard that I was going to change things and they were like losing their mind. And the minute my son's like staring at me in the window, Hey buddy. Uh, so the minute I put out that, uh, I was going to change it to virtuous. They're like, Oh, but then I did the long write up and it was like this huge face. It's, it's on our Instagram. You can go back and read it. It's like this huge long thing in November, two years ago now. And, um, Everything changed from like, don't change anything. Oh my gosh, don't, you know, we're so scared to like, I get it. Absolutely. Awesome. That's exactly who we are. <clears throat> right. Nice. So I was able through one single word, able to put a, a name or an explanation into who our gym was just in one word. And I, and it, it took me six months to figure that out. But um, analysis every morning, what do I want the gym to sound like? How do I want it to feel like the, the feeling of something is so much more important than you know, what you do or something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think that's kind of where we were going with, you know, CFL is, is it needed to be so much more. And we've just kind of, I, I know me personally, I've just adopted it. Like CFL is, is more than just an online workout. We, we wanted yeah. to create that, that place that people could come and didn't know what they were doing and don't really have another option for themselves. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're not fitness gurus or anything like that, but we wanted to bring that, Hey, we're normal people, just like all of you. Um, you know, we're both military, we're both busy, you know, we both have families and things that require a lot from us, but you know, we want to be healthy. We want to do what we can to help others be healthy and, you know, bring others on the journey and teach them new things with, you know, interviews like, like this one and just have fun in the process. I think more than anything. Mm -hmm. And ultimately like solving problems through your, like everybody loves a good story, right? Yeah. So, you know, sharing your story, I, I'm sure you guys share a ton of your stories of, of reason why you found your way into what you're doing and stuff like that. People attach to those stories. They relate to you. And they when, when they relate to you, they can use your story. They can gain some inspiration. They can start to do some new things. Eventually they get disciplined and they get habits and then they get transformation. Right. And that all comes from you guys sharing your story. You guys just putting yourself out there. Like, and, and, like I always, I love talking to podcasters. I love talking to content, um, content producers. I love talking to influencers because every time I do, I know how hard it is to step I call it crossing the line to like cross yeah. the line and to step out there because, you know, shoot, when I started podcasting or coaching or doing anything, I sucked, man. I was awful. 
And everybody loved to tell me about it, right? Like, like I, I shoot, I, I started a new podcast recently where I'm just, I just started kind of talking to men and masculinity and stuff like that. And uh, my, my first podcast, I, like, I was just talking about stuff that I learned along the way as a dude and as like a, a husband and a father. And somebody slayed me in a review, and they were like, "This, if you want to listen to this one man's, you know, view of what masculinity is, then." to listen to this cringeworthy podcast and like you can tell it kind of affects me a little bit still but oh, like yeah I, I was like you son of a gun like I'm, i never said i was an expert i just wanted to put out something and, and document my journey but you know crossing that line and being open to just getting verbally slayed or, or slayed and you know uh, in, a, in a caption or a comment like crossing that line is tough and it's hard and uh it hurts your feelings sometimes you know like sometimes yeah. Oh, that comment. I, I get the weirdest messages sometimes where somebody's debunking some post that I put up or, you know, somebody will send me a screenshot of something I said in a podcast that was inaccurate or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you, you put it out, you it's out in the ether. I can't take it back. You know, exactly. I did the best I could. I'm just trying to be helpful. And, um, you know, if, if you're just trying to do that it, and you remember that that's all you're trying to do and don't take yourself too serious, you know, I guess it gets a little bit easier, but yeah, I, I commend anybody that does any of this stuff because uh, people need help, man. People need to stay away from, you know, the get skinny, get, you know, drink this drink, take this shot stuff. And like, no, yeah. really hard work. And just because you're working out at home and you don't have gear, this is something we talked a lot about during COVID is like, you know, we, we rented out every piece of gear we had in our gym. We've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of gear in our gym. And I had one dumbbell, an empty barbell and a bike. Once we went out at all of it. Right. But that meant that, you know, out of a couple hundred people, some people had a dumbbell and a, and a, and an ab mat, some had a jump rope and a resistance band, right? Like we, we try to spread it out as much as we can, but we really needed to just get people into this frame of mind that like, just because you have one to two pieces of gear or, or, you know, you're working out with your body weight, you actually can still get really good results. Oh and, yeah. You know, if you do it properly. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Kudos to you guys. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know if you had anything else, Jamie, that you wanted to throw in there, but I appreciate you because I learned a lot tonight. Same here. So, and you know, it's hard. Like I, I get so long-winded sometimes when I'm like answering a question, and and you know, I have I have this like uh, I wish I could show it to you. It's like across my office here, but I have this like hourglass. I have to tip it over um, when I'm when I'm like going to my podcast. It's a thirty-minute um, hourglass thing, and I'm like. Like, look, man, like you're going to talk too much, dude. Just 30 minutes in, get out, like doing it, going about your thing. So, um, yeah. You know, I, I, I enjoyed that. I think I learned a lot just because, you know, we didn't just focus on fitness and that's, what's cool is we talked about life. We talked about family, you know, we just covered so many different things that we can all take in some form or fashion back home. You know what I mean? And, and that's the best part of this whole podcast thing and why, you know, we wanted to get into it too, is it's it's such a cool outlet there's no right or wrong with it. You can just run with it and just talk to amazing people and learn everything you can imagine. So, you know, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, where can people find you on social media and, you know, if they're local here in Washington or, or traveling through, where can they find virtuous? Well, if you want to get a really good workout and, and you're in Washington, you definitely need to check out virtuousfit.com. That's our website. We do, uh, we put up our, well, I don't know if we do it anymore, but we used to put up our workouts every single day. Um, you could follow me on social media and the gym. I'm at Coach Cody Smith on Instagram, and the gym is at Virtuous Fitness WA. 
And uh, you could check out my podcast as well. It's the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. And uh, if you're into the, you know, I also run a jujitsu facility as well. So if you're into the jujitsu thing or listening to me talk about, I, I don't talk about personal development stuff as much on my fitness podcast anymore because the audience there is more coaches and gym owners and stuff like that. But if you want to hear about me, just kind of talk about life. And, and most recently, I got a co-host on it. We have another uh, podcast called Live Fight Lift Project. It's uh, one where we talk about personal development working out and martial arts and how they all intertwine. So feel free to check out any of those things. And uh, again, I'm humbled to be on the show. I love coming on and having conversation and, you know, spreading all of the mistakes and things that I got, got wrong along the way. And it's always super cool to share those. Yeah. Well, I will definitely be checking out the gym at some point uh, now that things are opening up and we can, you know, they finally kind of lifted the restrictions for us to go to gyms out here. So I will definitely be coming by to meet you in person sure. and, uh, you know, hopefully get a good workout in, but, uh, you got anything else, Jamie, before we close out? No, uh, again, uh, we really <clears throat> appreciate you and it's such a big deal for you to come on our, our little podcast with us and, and share what you, your knowledge with our viewers. Absolutely. Our and, and if you guys ever want me to come back on, I'm always open to it. Um, you know, you know, David or, or Jamie, you can reach out to me and we can do it again and maybe get into training a little bit more. I don't, I don't know if you cool. wanted to on that one. I kind of talked a lot about personal development on this. No, that's, that's cool. We just kind of let it go where it went. So yes, sure. I definitely wouldn't mind having you back on the podcast again at a later date where we can go over more fitness training type stuff, but thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, I know you got stuff to do now, so we will get ready to sign off here, but, um, Again, Coach Cody Smith, thank you for joining us on CFL today. And that wraps up episode five. Have a good day, everyone.